the topics we want to talk about today is uh, player values in flux. So, you know, the, these are guys that we are looking at trying to figure out, you know, how are their values changing? What do we do with them in Dynasty? Um, we'll, we'll start off with a, a running back three pack we've kind of already mentioned, uh, and that's going to be some sophomore running backs. We've got Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, and Antonio Gibson. Um, their usage has just been sick. Um, they have answered all of the questions that we had. They're all involved in the pass game now. They're all getting at least a good amount of the rushing work. Um, just go go buy them. Um, they're worth paying a premium for. They're all young. Um, yeah, I, I have no concerns about them anymore. Sometimes we, you know, fantasy managers can be a little bit slow reacting to some of these role changes. Um, and by the time you do adjust your value, sometimes it's too late. So don't be afraid to just jump in here. Uh, week one was very, very promising for all three of these. I know we we talked a little bit about the San Francisco running backs. You want to kind of go over where you see their values? I know you you did pick Sermon over Elijah Mitchell. Where, where do you see these? Are you- so for the San Fran running backs, uh, I think Sermon's by law. He's going to absolutely get a chance. He's going to see a ton of volume. And that offense has just been super successful for running backs. We just I'm buying into Trey Sermon. Um, I think Elijah Mitchell is also going to be a great value here, I, you know, depending on how much you spent to get him. If you're able to get a good price for him, just based off of the height, then I, I, I'd be willing to move on. Like he is not substantial draft capital, right? We have um, Sermon that was someone who's traded up four in the third. Uh, Mitchell was a sixth round pick, so. You could argue they have more invested in Thurman, even despite what we saw on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think we saw the the Fab results, and it was pretty much a case of uh, people just saying, "Shut up, take my money." Right. So hopefully that works out for the folks that got him, and uh, for those of you who didn't, you know, don't worry, he's only a, a sixth rounder. Back to Kansas City, actually. Um, Clyde Edwards-Helaire um, had a pretty quiet week one. He's definitely a buy low target for me. Um, I I thought his usage was good. Um, This was not a particularly good game script for him. Um, Cleveland kind of controlled the game early, got up multiple scores, and uh, Patrick Mahomes had to do Patrick Mahomes things with Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and, I mean, that's where the touchdowns came. So... I mean, he didn't get a touchdown. The I, I think the perception is probably low on him, um, and he's not going to be a centerpiece of the offense. You've you've got Patrick Mahomes, uh, the, I mean, what is he, four hundred billion dollar man, whatever it is. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean that contract is ridiculous. So I mean, obviously the pass is going to be the focus of the game. Um, but I mean, we saw it. Kelsey got two touchdowns. Hill put on a show. I mean, he had the long touchdown. I, I have a strong suspicion that Clyde is going to get everything he can handle next week. Um, you know, the, this is just the way the Chiefs operate. Everyone gets involved. So I'm not worried about the fact that he didn't have a huge week one. All right. So, Billy, who who else do you see? Who Whose values do you think may be a little bit different uh, behind the scenes than where fantasy managers are valuing them right now? I think Zeke is a good name to call out. Um this is a popular buy low right now, so my concern would definitely be managers of Zeke being 
prepared for this, but that's the point. He's still a buy low. Uh, we kind of almost knew it coming into the game. That Tampa Bay run defense was the best in the NFL last year. They kept almost everybody that was a starter on that team, and they, you know, knock on wood, haven't been really heavily affected by injuries. That defense is legit. We kind of we should have been prepared for that, despite the fact that it's Zeke. And then that Dallas offense is heavy, and they had to keep up with what we expected to be past heavy Tampa Bay defense. I think a perfect storm is a good way to describe this. It, it definitely was a tough spot for Zeke. Look for him to rebound. If you have someone that's trying to panic sell to get out of him, be the person that attacks. You know, don't let someone else get that incredible value on Zeke. In terms of season long, this is still running back one. Dynasty outlook, I'll get into it later in the episode, but I do have him right outside of my running back one range. This is someone you want on your roster. He may not be super exciting, you know, given the age, given given the contract information that we know. Um, but it, it's, it's worth a look. At don't, don't start fights, Billy. Don't be talking about Zeke outside of RB1 territory. <laughs> oh. Let's talk about that more later. Uh, yeah, There'll be no I, yelling, I, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not on your end. We'll, we'll see. Right. <laughs> um, no, I... I kind of agree with you, but uh, I, I'm definitely a little bit higher on Zeke. So, um, you know, I'm I'm probably willing to go after him a little a little bit more aggressively. Um, sure. I just I, I think he he's going to have his role. We we know it. We like the coaching there in Dallas. So um, I, I'm much more comfortable with Zeke. Yeah. Um, another name that kind of disappointed week one, um, Calvin Ridley down in Atlanta. Um, I actually, I watched the the first drive or so of this game uh, and it looked like it was going to be really awesome. Um, pretty much all the targets were going to Ridley and Pitts. Yeah. Um, I, the only thing I can say is by sometime in the next few weeks, um, the, the Atlanta schedule is hard to start. Um, and honestly, Matt Ryan getting up there in age, for some reason, he, he always starts slow. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what it is. It doesn't seem like something that should be a thing, but there's a trend, uh, you know, I'm not going to try and figure out what's causing it. I'm just going to accept, okay, Falcons passing game, probably starting slow. Um, so if you can buy him now, great. If not, you might still have a couple weeks here. Um, but eventually their schedule will lighten up and you really need to be buying Calvin Ridley. I mean, he will be in contention for the most targets in the NFL. Uh, and he's just ridiculously talented. Um, he's one of those archetype Alabama receivers that came to the NFL. Um, you know, it took a couple years sitting, not sitting, but uh, playing behind other star receivers. Um, now that Julio Jones has moved on, this is the Calvin Ridley show. So enjoy it while you can buy it because you don't always get these value dips. Yeah, I entirely agree. Uh, and I do think there's a couple weeks by window also. It's a pretty rocky start to the season. Want to talk about McCall Hardman? Yeah, yeah, let's right. do it. Uh, it's oh, going to hurt yeah. me, but, but let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I'll rip off the Band-Aid. Um, 
he's done the field a lot. He, outside of Hill, was the wide receiver that took the second most snaps. But the usage is concerning. Um, I think just the bottom line is, we talked about this earlier, they're going to scheme touches for their guys. I, I think, you know, Clyde is going to hold control over that backfield. But if it's not Clyde, Hill, it's Kelsey. And they'll get Hardman, Pringle, Marcus Robinson involved just a little bit, but not enough to keep them fantasy relevant. You could see some spike weeks, but definitely a little concerned after week one. So what what are you doing with Mikol here? Are you waiting for a big game and then trying Absolutely. to sell? Okay. Absolutely. I think an ideal scenario is if you have a couple big games. You know, let's call it two big games over the course of three. But what I don't want to have happen is he has a big game and then follows it up with, with a goose egg and then everybody is out yeah. yep. because they're concerned about the volatility. If you're able to get value for him after a big game, ideally in the coming week, if that happens, then I would move him. I'm with you there, unfortunately. I will admit I, I definitely drafted more of Miko than I probably should have. Uh, I, Like I said, bought into the hype a little bit. Um, and yeah, I'm definitely looking for a sell window. Um, I'm not just going to give him away here because he is still pretty young. Agreed. But, uh, you know, if, if the sell window doesn't come, I'll, I'll just hold and, you know, my mistake for drafting him. The next group I will say that I want to talk about is Jacksonville. Um, we kind of mentioned what a absolute travesty that team is. Um, I, I got to think it's Urban Meyer, um, but it, it's got some impacts on their players. Um, I'll start with a good one is DJ Chark. Um, I will admit he is one of my bigger misses this year. I, I kind of thought Marvin Jones would actually be the top target on the team. Um, DJ was was banged up heading into the season. Seems to be fine. Seems to be the alpha. Um, so definitely his value goes up. Um, if people are slow to react to that, take advantage. Um, you know, If you can get him at the cost where he was being drafted, he, he's going to outproduce that. Um, you know, I'm not looking to roster too much of the Jacksonville passing game other than their quarterback, obviously Lawrence, I think in super flexes, uh, I mean, obviously a must own. Um, but I kind of, I would expect that urban Meyer is going to have to run the ball more, uh, anytime that it's a neutral situation. Um, so I think there will be less passing. I think they're going to just try and keep games close and they'll realize they just aren't going to be a very good team this year. On the flip side of that, I would say go ahead and buy James Robinson. I think his value, um, I think everyone's super worried about him after a disappointing usage trend in week one. Uh, he should, it's it's laughable that he ceded that many touches to Carlos Hyde. I don't know what Urban Meyer's doing here, but I don't think it's going to matter because either <laughs> they're going to get behind and James Robinson is their passing down back. So he he's going to be the guy getting touches. Um or he's just going to outproduce Hyde and force Urban Meyer's hand. So I would certainly be going after and getting James Robinson. Um, I don't think he's going to be all that expensive right now. So he, he's definitely one of my top targets that I'm looking to help fill my flex position 
that kind of stuff. And then, you know, hopefully he just grows into the role closer to what he had last year. Love that call. Um, I almost think it was a blessing for anyone who's looking to get James Robinson to see Carlos Hyde's usage. Um, to say Carlos Hyde didn't look good, I think, is an understatement. I absolutely think that he'll Robinson will force Meyer's hand if Meyer decides to use any degree of rational coaching and get Robinson more involved. He's absolutely the better back. Okay, and then one more topic that I'm going to need your help with here: the uh, the Raiders <laughs> passing game. <laughs> I don't think what, I can help you. What What are we doing here? Uh, I'm holding. I think the acquisition cost of Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs. If you did a startup this year, they weren't very expensive. Uh, in rookie draft last year, they still weren't very expensive. I, if, if I'm uh, misremembering, I think Ruggs kind of was coming in somewhere in the middle of the second round, and Edwards was a third-round pick. Is that right? Uh, I, think, I think Ruggs was creeping up right okay. towards the one-two turn, but yeah, yeah. Edwards was kind of that third and then slowly creeping up towards the second at the end of the year last year. Yeah. I'm concerned if you panic sell now, you're not going to get any semblance of ROI. Yeah. If you're very concerned about the wide receiver target there, I understand. I am too. Uh, but, like, don't panic sell. Hold. If you want to get out, wait for a spike week. Personally, I'm more inclined hold Brian Edwards. I think you'd be able to get more out of rugs if he has a blow-up week or two because of the draft equity. But my recommendation is to hold. I don't know if you agree or disagree with that. Um, I mean, I think I'm... I will admit I've got these guys on quite a few teams, and uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to listen to your advice and what I'm going to call panic hold. Okay. I'm not going to panic sell, but I'm I'm worried. <laughs> Were you looking to buy at all? <sighs> no. <laughs> um, I, I will admit, heading into the season, I had very, very high hopes for, I thought, Ruggs. Um, if you looked at what they did week one of last year, uh, when he was the new toy... Yeah. They were trying to feed him. They were right. scheming touches to him, you know, screens, short, short passes, um, just trying to get the ball in his hands in space. I thought they were just going to go right back to that. You know, he'd come into this year healthy. Um, and yeah, then the game plan is to apparently have Waller set a target record in the NFL. Right. Billy, I'm going to give you a chance here to educate the folks on your specialty of running backs. Um, I'm really curious to get your take here. Cause I know, I mean, we spent all off season dissecting our ranks, uh, kind of comparing and contrasting uh, really curious to see where you've ended up after seeing the week one usage, you know, love to hear who you've got for your running back ones. You know, what, what surprises you from kind of the perception of, of where folks are at and then, you know, let's give the folks some actionable information. Um, if they're a contender, you know, who are, who are some people they can buy that maybe aren't in the dynasty top 12 that can still give them good production this year. And then on, on the flip side, not everyone's going to be winning a championship this year. So, you know, who can they go out and get a value on uh, if they do have a rebuilding team? I'll just jump right in with my dynasty running back ranking. Um, starting with uh, 
Running back one, the contrarian pick, Christian McCaffrey. Running back two is Dalvin Cook. Running back three is Alvin Kamara. Running back four is... Running back five is Saquon Barkley. Running back six is Najee Harris. Running back seven is Nick Stubb. Eight is Antonio Gibson. Nine is DeAndre Swift. Ten is Derek Henry. Eleven is Aaron Jones. And to get up a little bit, for my running back 12, I have David Montgomery. Honorable mention. What? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Oh, boy. <laughs> Honorable mention. Um, I have Joe Mixon, Ezekiel Elliott, Clyde, Javante Williams, Austin Eckler, Josh Lucas. So, did any of those knock you out of your chair? I know I, I heard no, none, things none. from your I, I have no reaction to that top 12 okay. at all. <laughs> so, well, I, let's let's start from the top. Um, we'll, we'll get to the, the big one in a little bit. But uh, talk to me about the, the top five here. What, what are your, I guess, distinguishing factors here? Because I, I think heading into the season, um, when we were doing our startups, um, yeah. you know, the running backs were pretty predictable that it would be kind of this top five going off the board somewhere in the first round, maybe a little bit into the second, depending on how many quarterbacks went. Um, so how did you end up ranking them this way? What what were you looking at? What uh, what made the difference for some of these guys? You can almost have Christian McCaffrey in a tier of his own. Actually, you got five years left, including 2021. He doesn't have an out until 2023. His play has been... So dominant. He was the running back one last weekend, and he didn't have a touchdown. He's just going to see more volume than any player almost ever. I mean, I can't think of the most recent example I think of is Ladanian Tomlinson. Yeah. The only startup where he's not the surefire one on one is in Superflex. And I know there are people that think that he is the one on one in Superflex. I'm in the Mahomes camp. Yeah, I'm with you. I grouped together Dalvin and Alvin Kamara in tier number two. These are two running backs that are similar age. They're actually just about a month apart. They have similar contract structures. Uh, the difference that I see, and it's actually pretty fascinating because it was almost consensus, consensus in my startups this year. But Dalvin Cook was the second running back off the board. Alvin Kamara went variable places. There was a startup that we did where he went closer to the middle of the second round than he was to the beginning of the second round. And at the time, I, I guess it probably was because of the quarterback concern. You know, now that we know that Winston's pretty much locked in, um, Alvin Kamara doesn't have an out in his contract until 2024. He could be comparable volume to Dalvin Cook with more passing game work, a little less rushing, right? More efficiency. Yeah, that, I mean, that's been the name of his game for sure. Absolutely. Don't be surprised if Kamara again outscores Dalvin Cook this year. If you were to come to me and say, eh, I have Kamara ahead of Cook, no concern. That is- I will say I, I do have a little bit of a discrepancy there. I, I've had Alvin Kamara at number two. Um, in terms of running backs all off season. I love the uh, the dynasty outlook based on the way he gets his touches that you mentioned. I do take a big chunk of my off season looking through um, just find information about the off season injuries. Um, 
Yeah. Talking to like pro football doc is a great uh, Twitter account to follow. Edwin Porras has a, um, another injury blog as well. I'm really nervous about Dalvin Cook's shoulder. So I, I did drop him down to the bottom of that tier um, just because I, I mean, I've seen video of him trying to reduce his shoulder, which um, if you're not familiar with the medical terminology, that's where he tries to pop it back into its socket on his own. Um, so he tries to self-reduce it on the field sometimes, uh, which is a telltale sign of someone who frequently dislocates their shoulder. Um, and that's just not something I want to mess with for a guy playing running back. But I have some durability concerns. I, I, w- I wouldn't argue with you about that. And I kind of have them in it here. They're, they're effectively interchangeable. So then uh, four and five, uh, Taylor and Saquon. Is, is Saquon behind because of the health coming back from the knee? Is it age-related, some of both? So it, it's a combination. It's slight discount because of the health. It's a slight discount because of my personal concerns with this offense and the discount because of the age. I think... Probably the biggest variable, and I don't know whether to take this as a positive or a negative, is what's next. Right now, we have two years left. I don't know that the Giants are going to resign him to, to a long-term deal. There's been rumblings about the fact that he needs to prove it. I think that this team is very poorly managed right now. I was very much so on the Joe Judge train last year. I've been one of Gettleman's biggest critics for as long as he's been the GM. They're not making sound decisions. They're, they're just flying by the seat of the pants for everything they do. So there is a world where Saquon Barkley is not a giant two years from now. But I don't know if that's a positive or a negative. Um, and I, I think that's just a wild card that we have to factor into our rankings. If you like the idea of Saquon Barkley not being a giant, then it's positive. But for me, I, I, I don't know where he ends up. I mean... There's a world where a team like, you know, like the Jacksonville Jaguars signed Saquon Barkley to a massive contract. I mean, they've already got their feature back, Carlos Hyde. Oh, Carlos Hyde. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's implying that Urban Meyer is still going to be there in the year of 2023. And spoiler alert, it's not. A fair rebuttal. So for, for Barkley, that's why I have him below. Totally understand if you disagree with everything I laid out there and you want to bump him up. Um, when we've seen him do it, he's been one of the best. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I will say coming into the season, I did have Saquon as my, I think number four. Um, obviously that that's been adjusted now that we've seen that he uh, is not being unleashed by the team. So, I mean, I, I definitely understand, especially after seeing JT's workload, um, what that looks like. I, I like it. I'm, I think it's a very solid top five ranking here. I, I guess the big question I've got then is, is Najee Harris at six is kind of the, the big name that stands out next to me. Um, you know, what, what are you seeing from the rookie? What's, what's bumping him up above some of the more established names? Najee Harris at six might kind of come across as a little bit of a shock. Um, I don't think it should be. So this may be a case of confirmation bias, but as we mentioned before, Najee was in the field for 100%. We alluded to the fact that this could be because of the absence of Anthony McFarland, but even with McFarland back, 
I mean, I don't see a world where Najee isn't getting almost the entire eye as it comes to running back work. Just want to do a quick shout out of JJ Zacharyson of Number Fire uh, has frequently this offseason cited this stat. Um, there have been 39 running backs that have seen 70% of their team's running back rushes and have had a target share over 10% in the past 10 years. Of those 39, there have only been two that have finished outside of the top 10 of their position and points per game for season-long scores. Outside of injury, I don't think it's unreasonable to project this for Najee throughout the duration of his entire rookie contract, which is four years, with an extra added year at the end if they exercise his option. Yeah, that's, that is a compelling argument. Um, yeah, that's a great stat of the 37 out of 39 being in the top 10. Right. So that, I mean, there's your, your uh, floor, I guess, right there at number sure. 10. So um, just kind of gives you the, uh, maybe he's just a little bit uh, more guaranteed than some of these other names coming up. Um, I mean, the next name I had is Nick Chubb, right? And you want to talk about, I don't know if, if guaranteed volume is the right call out here. Because as long as Hunt is there, it's not guaranteed volume. Right. But as long as the fancy's there, we're going to see serious efficiency. And a lot of people have been calling this out. I'll do it also. I do think Nick Chubb is probably the best pure runner in the NFL. He's going to have weeks where he doesn't score. And I think he, he's always going to be reliable for yardage, but it's going to be disappointing when he puts up a game in PPR uh, standard or half PPR that's seven or eight points. Because he got 70 yards and he didn't see any reception. But with that, you have his two touchdown weeks, like he did on Sunday. I'm pretty sure he had two touchdowns on Sunday. Uh, yes, sir. I played against him plenty enough to know that. Uh, and those are those are weak winners. If he has over 100 yards, even if it's like a dozen rush, rushes or 15 rushes, the great part about Nick Chubb, is you got that box in. I have Chubb for a four-year contract with a 2024 out. You know, the fascinating part about that out for Nick Chubb is zero dead cap on that year. Oof. So there's, there's no risk letting him go in 2024. But that means you have him locked in for 21, 22, 23. And I'll, I'll talk about this, I'm, I'm sure, over time. But I like to play Dynasty focusing on a three-year window just because of the unpredictability of football. That doesn't mean I'm not looking at young players. I'm not looking to acquire picks. But I'm not passing on... A great example, I think, this year is Devontae Adams because of the fact that he's getting up there in age. Take that production, you know, three years, a good window. Take, take guaranteed volume, guaranteed production. I mean, I, I think that right there kind of sums up the, I guess, the differences in our, in our philosophy because um, I'm definitely much more prone to elevating someone like a – I mean, C.D. Lamb or okay. uh, A.J. Brown. Because sure. I, I think 
I mean, you kind of mentioned, you know, we'll, we'll reevaluate where our, our joint leagues are here in a few years. Um, and I mean, at, at that point, some of your aging players that are going to give you the production now and over the next couple of years, uh, they are going to be on the downtrend, whereas my guys are going to be more ascending. Um, so I, I do sacrifice a little bit the first year or two. Um, and it, you know, sometimes it's uh, just I have to consider it just a long term investment of, you know, I'm going to pay two years of dues, uh, just build up a juggernaut uh, and really try and start winning in, in year three. Right. Which uh, if you've got the patience to do that, uh, I've found it to be very, very effective. Um, not everyone has the patience for that. And, you know, Dynasty, we kind of talked about there, there's multiple strategies uh, and it's just it's a zero sum game and different strategies play off of each other well. So, um, yeah, I think drafting together, you were frequently able to take advantage of my uh, lean towards the younger players to get more of those current studs. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm looking at uh, some of the teams you've got right now and realizing I have I immediately regret this decision. I have made a mistake. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll just have to, you know, pull a few trades and figure out how to do it. it it's funny because despite the fact that we both have two different strategies, we both need to draft well in rookie draft to be able to execute. Yes. The difference is you don't fall flat on your face if you hit in your startup and you're missing a lot in rookie draft. If I'm missing a lot in rookie draft, I'm screwed. Yep. Yeah. You're. It, although, I mean, I, I think that's kind of um, one of the elegances of Dynasty almost is uh, you can do that and then it just props you up for the next rookie draft. Um, you know, you it just increases your draft slot for the next year when you do kind of have that complete crater and hit rock right. bottom. Yeah. So um, let's uh, jump back over to the the running back discussion. Uh, I, I don't really have a lot of questions about Gibson or Swift at eight and nine. Sure. Um, but uh, then we're seeing some familiar names, Derek Henry and Aaron Jones uh, down at 10 and 11. Um, it, is it safe to say that that's more age related, that they're they're just more on the downswing of their career compared to some of these other names? Because, um, right. I mean, these are definitely elite options over the last couple of years. Right. Yeah, I think they kind of fall into a similar category, um, but it's one that stands out to me more so than the other, um, especially if you compare this list to Fantasy Pro's consensus dynasty rankings. Uh, these are rankings that I just pulled today, so these are pretty much hot off the press, right? Um, what I saw, they had Derrick Henry at seven, which... I think it's far too high. That's very close to where you get him in redraft. Running back four, running back five, running back six. It almost seems to not discount the amount of work that he's seen over his career. I mean, point blank, he kind of scares me a little bit for dynasty. The rush there is not normal, but he's not normal. No. Really. I mean, no, I've seen those workout videos. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, but I mean, He's human. Uh, and unless your name is Tom Brady, I'm pretty sure the wheels fall off at some point in time. Um, a couple things that scare me outside of the workload. Um, he has a 22, a 2022, sorry, out that only has 6 million in dead cash. Okay. For some reason, 
we see the wheels start to fall off this year, or we see some serious dysfunction continue with this Todd Downing-led offense, I don't think they're going to exit the Henry contract, but there's a non-zero chance that they do. The other thing that scares me, which we've alluded to before in the call, we've spoken about, well, I mean, I've said it here, is the offense right now. It's different without Arthur Smith. I think part of Henry's success is not only because he's just an absolute physical specimen, but because the system catered to him so well. That play-action offense, um, I found the tweet that you were uh, mentioning before. Only 11.9% of the time did they run play-action on Sunday. Uh, yeah. Their season average was about 37%. That was Ooh, yeah. also, also J.J. Zachary. Okay, that makes sense. J.J. is the goat of stats. Yes, he is. Um, Concerning. I mean, the byproduct of having a team that runs through the play action and has like the premier weapon in play action as Derrick Henry, it's just efficiency, right? You're gonna you're gonna eat it to cover the run, and guess what? AJ Brown's gonna take you over the top and take take it to the end zone for a home run. So I'm very concerned. I hope they regroup and they change that, but. I was going to say that that wasn't affecting my ranking here or my outlook on Derrick Henry as he's lying. That's that's fair. I I will admit, personally, um, I mean, I I think my feelings are kind of mirroring what you're saying here. Um, I know I've already sold him in in one league. Uh, I was able to get him at a discount last year. This is why I always be sending out feelers. You know, even if it seems like it's a time that you would normally be having to buy high. uh, I think last year I ended up buying Derrick Henry for a single first round pick. Um, So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was right around the trade deadline. The guy was not really competitive, so he was trying to just go into the tank. But he accepted a a single first. I said, I will take Derrick Henry. Yeah. Um. And then, you know, you, I came to this offseason, uh, was seeing some of the same things. I, I mean, I definitely, I'm a little bit concerned about the overall usage. Um, you know, you hear about, what, I forget what they call it, the curse of like 470 or whatever. Um, whatever that touch number is that people seem to fall off after. And of course, he's over whatever that threshold was. Correct. Um, and so it's it's one of those things where I would be remiss to say that I'm not a little bit skeptical that his body will be able to hold out. But, uh, you know, if I turned around and sold him for, I think, two firsts uh, and I think maybe a little bit more uh, in this offseason. So even in just one year, I was able to kind of flip and add an extra first. Um, that That's the kind of thing that you should always be be doing. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's, that's um, buying low and selling high at its finest. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that you, you did that. That's uh, oh yeah, yeah. Awesome. That that's not one of the leagues that we're in together, but yeah, it was uh, it was a nice haul for me back then. Yeah. Um. So and then I think yeah, number twelve is pretty standard, so we can probably just move on. <laughs> you sure you don't want to talk about? Oh it? oh wait, you you mean you didn't just mix up Joe Mixon and David Montgomery? No, that was intentional. Uh, oh it, boy, it, it was it was thought about, but it, I, it was intentional. Okay, I will hear your argument. Billy, I can love your rankings, but I don't have to be in love with them. No, you, you don't. And this, um, 
definitely for fantasy pros consensus is a hot take. Uh, I bounced up just quickly just to kind of just put out a feeler see if I was really far off for anyone. Now I'm, I'm pretty far off for David Montgomery. I, I'm I want to hear this argument for David Montgomery because I, I don't agree with it, but I will listen and I will not sigh too loudly. Okay, I'll take it. Now, this one isn't as much that driven as an Najee case or um, Derrick Henry really wasn't either. But the point here is it's just looking at what he's done and just wondering, like, what's next? Like, they used high capital draft pick. I'm pretty sure he was drafted in the second round. If not, it was a fringe second, third round pick. Um, he wasn't the starter on the offense. He was just seeing a few looks. So there were doubts about the coaching staff right off the bat, right? But eventually... He became the starter. Then there were questions about his usage along with Tariq Cohen by his side. Unfortunately, Tariq Cohen's gotten hurt, but David Montgomery has proven that when given a bell cow role, he can return value. He, he can do it all. Uh, he can catch passes. He's a hard runner between the numbers. He's definitely capable of putting up double-digit touchdown numbers. And then the last thing, and this has been one of the biggest buzzes, is is he good enough? What I can tell you from a fantasy standpoint is that he is good enough, and it doesn't matter the level of competition. If you have a tough stretch of games, or rather an easy stretch of games, and you're not a great running back, you're still not going to produce. David Montgomery did that last year. He was, I think he ended up being the running back. Like, one, two, or three. And that back end of last year, he won you a championship if he had. He went out on Sunday against the Los Angeles Rams, and he crushed it. He was one of the first 100-yard rushers against Sunday over the period of the last two or three years. He wasn't on the field for a dominant amount of snaps. I mean, I'm going to pull up my two sheet here. He's on the field for 59% of snaps. Damian Williams is on the field for 43. I don't think they want to use him as an absolute bell cow like they did last year, but you don't need that out of him to be able to get the production that you need. Um, I don't want to say that Sunday was the norm, but we're going to see 100 yards rushing. We're going to see touchdowns. And I am so excited for when Justin Fields gets on the field over the hand job from Andy Dalton. The running lanes are going to open up so much. It's going to add another dimension to this offense. I do have him as my running back 12. At this juncture, of course, I'm the running back wrangler. I've got him. I'd rather have him as my running back two, but I wouldn't be upset if I captured him in the third round as my running back one. Um, the volume is going to be there. I think there's t- touchdown upside. 
There's going to be some passing game work to secure that baseline. And contract situation, still on his rookie contract. He's got two more years left, but based off of the production we've seen in the last, let's call it eight, nine games, I don't really see a world where he's not signed on for a second deal. All right, I've been holding this in for a while. Do it. <sighs> Man, you, you can't be doing me like that. I, I just got to leave it there. I, the argument makes sense. Um, I'm not going to say it's unreasonable. So uh, I guess I'll, I'll kind of just take a, a break there and uh, give the give the listeners a, a chance to see what my rankings look like. Um, just for comparison's sake, uh, but I, I think you're going to see a lot of similarities here, but there there are going to be some differences. So uh, my rankings actually go Christian McCaffrey at one. I've got Kamara at two, uh, thanks to his passing work. And I, I was mentioning I was worried about uh, Cook's shoulder. I ha- I do have Cook at three, uh, Jonathan Taylor at four, and Barkley at five. Also have Najee at six, uh, and then it is Joe Mixon at seven. He is super talented. He's Got the clear bell cow treatment now. Um, you know, it, it's one of those, this, it's finally aligning for him. He just has to stay healthy this year. Um, and that's kind of been a bugaboo for him, but he doesn't have any injuries that uh, are really worried about recurrence for me. So it's one of those things where, I, you know, I'm, I'm all in on Joe Mixon. I've got him as my RB2 a lot of places. Uh, and I am so far very, very happy. I'm expecting that to continue. Um, just crossing my fingers that there's no more freak accidents. Um, so then I've got uh, Zeke at eight. Uh, I don't quite see the downfall coming as quickly as, as Billy does. Uh, I've got Swift at nine, Gibson at 10, Javante Williams at 11. I, I do like, uh, I kind of anticipate him taking over that Denver backfield yet this year um, and then just running with it. I think, you know, Mel- Melvin Gordon will be gone next year for sure. Uh, and I was a big fan of Javante Williams at UNC. Uh, and number 12, I, I've got Derrick Henry. Like we kind of mentioned, I think he's a little bit risky. Um, if you can find a, a good window to sell, uh, you should definitely take advantage of that before his value drops this year because it, it's almost certainly coming down this year. So with that, uh, Billy, let, let's give the folks some actionable advice here. Um Let's talk about some trade targets. Um, you know, if you're a contender, who who are you looking to acquire? And then let's I'll pull some uh, some trades that have actually gone down in real leagues. And I want you to tell me, you know, yes or no, would you do this trade to acquire the running back? Absolutely. Uh, I think we should look at this in years. So first, I'm going to start with someone that I had as a mid running back from one. And if this could come like off as a, like a little bit strange that this is someone I would say acquire for a contender, but I'll speak to it. The name is DeAndre Swift. You might think that DeAndre Swift is better for a long-term build. I don't think so. I think he's good for either, but if you have a contender, go get him. He has a secure floor, and I think the ceiling will continue to improve. Okay, DeAndre Swift. Let's see what we've got here. So just to keep things consistent, these are all super flex leagues. So two quarterbacks potentially being started. Um, This is going to be Dynasty PPR and 
uh, I did pull only trades that are swift only on that side. So there, there's no question about other values going on. So it is always swift versus this package. Option number one, a 2022 first, a 2023 first, a 2023 second, and Anthony Schwartz. Are you paying that to get DeAndre Swift? So every answer I'm going to get here is in a vacuum, assuming that the person that is acquiring Swift is a contender, correct? Correct, yes. This is for a contender. Are you paying two future firsts, a future second, and Anthony Schwartz? Man, um, just calling this out. These are all fresh. I haven't seen these before, so this is me consuming them in live time. Based off of the way that I've played Dynasty, I think this is a little rich for my play. Okay, so you're you're not going to pay that for DeAndre Swift. Let's try option number two is a little bit more of a mix of players and picks here. We've got Javante Williams, Paris Campbell, a 22 second, and a 23 third. Are you giving away Javante Williams, Paris Campbell, a second, and a third? Execute. Do it. I don't even think about that one. Now, that might come across the shock because Dante's a year younger, but there's also a degree of uncertainty here. I like to think we know what we have with DeAndre Swift. I don't see Paris Campbell as someone, yes, he's worth holding on to, but he's not someone that's really going to move the needle for me. Kind of aligns a little bit more with a throw-in. Um, the thing that I'm most invested in outside of Javante is at 22 seconds. But Javante, 22 seconds, Paris, 23 third. You need DeAndre Swift for a contender. I mean, that that's looking like that would be a blockbuster. So I, I'm going to keep an eye out in our leagues to see if you end up with Swift here. <laughs> uh, so last one here, I'm assuming this will be a yes as well, although it's a little bit different because it does involve a quarterback. Would you pay Jalen Hurts, Trey Sermon, and a 22 third. Let's assume that Jalen Hurts is, you would have at least two quarterbacks left. Right. These are all super flex values. Uh, correct. Yeah. These are all super flex. You got to be agile in fantasy football. If you ask me before the season started, yeah. that's a smash except Hurts look great. They catered the team to Hurts. I think he might be the guy. Um, which kind of hurts me a little bit because no pun intended. I <laughs> traded him away um, each one spot. So if I had two viable starting quarterbacks, oh, man, I'd still have to take the quarterback side. I, okay. Yep. In super flex, that's tough. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Okay. But I, I think that gives folks a, a good idea of where, where you've got Swift valued. Um, so uh, anyone else kind of near that tier? That, that you'd be looking at for a contender target? So I, I think we could take um, one step down for tiers, if that's cool. Um, I think Joe Mixon is a great buy right now. Uh, reasons we mentioned before. It looks like this offense is going to run through Joe Mixon. I don't know if that's a function of the fact that we still want to kind of like ease Burrow into a little bit. Uh, maybe like not give him the volume that we expected in that back tail. But all signs point to this being the Joe Mixon show. I want yeah. that volume. He's still young. I think 
he'll set you up for great success for the next three years plus. Absolutely. So yeah, discount a little bit from from what you'd be willing to pay for for DeAndre Swift, but Mixon is definitely a a good target there. Will definitely help bring you a ship this year. So let's move down a tier. What who who else are you looking to try and acquire? Uh, How about my uh, my running back twelve, David Montgomery? I'm groaning already. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Let me pull these trades up. Um, Let's see what you would do here. Okay, so I've got a, a one-for-one swap here. David Montgomery oh. for Mike Williams. Are you paying Mike Williams? Um, can you read that one again? Oh, sorry. Uh, so David Montgomery for Mike Williams, straight up. No, no, I heard it. Um, are you sure that's, that happened? That's, that is a real trade that happened in a Superflex League. Whoa. Um, <laughs> what, 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 what do people say on the Twitter machine? Uh, Mash except yep. that's yep. not uh, close. I mean, even, even I would have taken that. I would definitely right. pay Mike Williams for David Montgomery. Um, so, uh, okay, so we know that one. Okay, this is going to be a, a tough one. This actually happened before week one. Um, okay. One for one, David Montgomery for Jerry Judy. So let's let's replace Jerry Judy with Deontay Johnson. Okay. Would you trade Deontay Johnson away for David Montgomery? Okay, that that was a quick yes. That was yeah. very very easy for you. I think so. Um, okay. And my rationale is the scarcity of the running back position. Sure. Versus, we we you and I talk about all the time. Uh, just, just points above replacement, right? I mean, just trying to find a running back that you can fill in and could be like a. Like a He's winning running back two. First yep. is Deontay Johnson, who I personally like a lot. I think he has a, a nice floor. He had a little bit of concern about the offense. I also think there's a feeling there just because of how many targets he sees. And if you see a couple touchdowns, you know, he, he could win you a couple weeks. But I would I bring the next man up. I'm sure you can find someone off your bench. Um Mike Williams this year. There you go. <laughs> I don't is. think Mike Williams this year is going to be a significant step down from Deontay Johnson. He looks like he's so heavily involved in that offense, which is exciting because I've always loved Mike Williams. Um, so yeah, I I hope he puts it together this year. Me too. Me too. Um, okay, so the, the next package I've got is Gio go Bernard, ahead. a twenty-two first, two twenty-two thirds. And two twenty-two fourths. So Geo a first, two thirds, and two fourths. Give me Monty. Okay. Last one I've got. I have a twenty-two first, a twenty-three first, and Tony Jones for David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Tony Jones puts it over the top. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Give me the pitch instead of Monty. Okay. There. But not not quite two two first plus, no. but uh, definitely paying a first and a little bit more. Sounds okay. like. I don't have Geo as more than a thrower. Um, yep. And, I mean, third-round picks, just historically, you, you see the hit rate drop significantly as you get towards the end of the second round into the beginning of the third round. I don't, I don't like to play the game where I'm guessing 
the location of that type of like, oh, but there's there's early third like um, that uh, yeah. No, yeah, those are third round picks through and through. They're still fractured. The fourth are absolutely fractured. Monty on that side. Okay. So, and I know we talked, uh, another one of your, your targets is actually going to be Chris Carson, which I, I think is a, a very good example. One of those running backs who should be in the running back one conversation for redraft. Um, you know, not necessarily in dynasty just because he's a little bit older than some of these other guys, uh, a little bit more uncertainty from a contract and, you know, how far away from retirement he might be. That sounds tough. Cause I mean, Chris, I forget how old is Chris? Is he like 27? Something like that. Carson is twenty-seven. Okay. Turning twenty-seven tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Or today. I was going to say for you, for you, he is turning twenty-seven today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Chris Carson, or a twenty-two first. Ooh. All right. Um, I actually think I made a very similar trade this year, and I took the Carson. I I think I would agree with that actually. I think uh in the situation here where you're contending, uh it's you know, if you're contending that's going to be a late first. I think I'm okay with that because I think you're going to get more than just one year out of Carson. Yeah. I think that's the caveat. I would not do this trade if I was a middling team. If if you're a middling team that could put you into contention, I would consider. It. But if you're a team that needs that one piece that one piece is like it's a, it's a running back too, right? This is a trade I, I definitely would do. I've got a trade here of two players, Brandon Cooks and Kenny Gainwell for Chris Carson. Hmm. Gainwell makes it a little spicy. I know um, it, it makes me wonder what how you feel about the rookie. Right. Because if it, if it were to be Carson versus straight up, I would want Chris. But I think my look on on I know we, we've talked about this. I was definitely higher on him than consensus uh, going into the NFL draft. When I saw where he was taken by the Eagles, I think he was taken in the fifth round. Um, I was honestly taken back. I didn't expect that. But we saw on Sunday that he's involved. I wonder, as time progresses, Gainwell see more snaps, or he see a larger target share, or he see a larger rush. All right, exploding offer expires in five seconds. Brandon Cooks, Kenny offer, Gainwell, Chris Carson. Okay, you're you're holding Cooks and Gainwell. I am because I I want to be able to take advantage of having Cooks on my team, but that's the Houston Texans, um, and also have Kenneth Gainwell, who could be. A very viable, very solid floor running back three, running back four for my team. So we have already said you're paying a 22 first for Chris Carson. No problem. Yeah. What about a 22 first, Marcus Calloway, and Tony Jones? Hmm. to say, but I'm going to say no to this one. Okay, um, you're, you're keeping Calloway and Tony Jones? I taking the draft am. I'm, I'm keeping Calloway, Jones, and a 22 first. But it's like, you know, am I putting that much value on Tony Jones and Marcus Callaway? I think it's just optimism that I can get more for them, right? Okay. 
So is that their perceived value then, or is it what you actually think you're going to get out of them from a production standpoint? This, this would be an easier conversation if we had it last week. Um, yeah. <laughs> it is perceived. Um, I was of the mindset that I could have gotten for Callaway if you asked around a 22 seconds. Uh, for Tony Jones, maybe a 22 thirds. So the way I, I'm kind of looking at this is it's almost like ideally this would be a, a first, a second, and a third. I don't think you could sell Callaway and Tony Jones for that. I want to hold Callaway and Jones um, just to see if I'm able to extract some value in the coming weeks. They're not players that I'm, I'm, I'm looking to trade for or I'm dying to keep on my roster, but I think I'd want to send them out to recover some value and then maybe try again with a different. Okay. No, I, I think that makes sense. Um, so let's uh, skip down one more tier. Um, and I know we, we talked about potentially Miles Gaskin being a buy. Um, so, so if you're a contender, um, you know, Miles Gaskin does have some sneaky upside. Uh, I know I've uh, seen some comparisons where he almost could be kind of Camara light. Uh, you know, definitely not not thinking that we're going to get, you know, top, top running back production, but he gets a good rush share. He does catch passes. Um, he is working in a little bit of a committee right now, but um, I mean, he's definitely the most talented back out of that. Um, I mean, we just saw Malcolm Brown get ousted by um, Cam Akers towards the end of last year. So I have no reason to think that Miles Gaskin can't kind of push him to the curb as well and just demand more of the share. Right. So uh, I did pull some some trades here, uh, and I, I think these are going to be a lot more reasonable um, if you're, you don't necessarily want to pay for a running back. Uh, I've got Robbie Anderson and a 23 third. I would like Gaskin on my side. Okay. That's great. I've got uh, Curtis Samuel straight up. Gaskin also. Damian Harris straight up. Ooh. And so this one is interesting because being like for like. Right. I'm going to take the Damian Harris. Okay. I think New England is more bought into Damian Harris than Miami is Miles Gaskin. Yep. We, we've definitely seen some rumors about uh, other running backs that they've been linked to. Um, so I, I cannot fault you there. So some other uh, contender targets. We we won't go into trades with these, but uh, we we talked about Chase Edmonds. Looks looks like he's in a really good spot with Arizona this year. Um, Jamal Williams as the backup to DeAndre DeAndre Swift had a surprisingly nice uh, workload. You know he's probably a I think we kind of talked about a tier below in that uh, has some standalone value, but definitely has upside as well if anything were to happen to DeAndre Swift. So. Um, you know, keep those names in mind as well. Uh, think about floating some offers there, guys. But uh, let's switch gears here um, and move over. Unfortunately, not everyone is going to be contending this year. Uh, occasionally, you do have to kind of restock the cabinets, uh, rebuild your team. So who would you be going after if you are in that situation? So if we want to kind of approach this the same way that we did with contenders. Um, let's start with someone who kind of up there in the early to mid part of my running back one right. Let's talk about Saquon Barkley. 
the fake one, there's definitely going to be a serious cost there. Uh, in almost all of my dynasty startups this year, he was going at the first round. But if you took the fake one as a first round pick, you're going to have to start him. There's a chance that for the first couple of weeks, he's going to cripple your team. Um, seeing people that have an otherwise contending roster may freak out a little bit. And for people that aren't contending, this is a way to get a superstar player on your roster with maybe not having to spend up to the degree of other first-round dynasty startup picks. All right, so let's uh, let's get some examples here. I've got uh, a couple here. Uh, again, these are Superflex PPR. Um, I've got a T. Higgins, a 22 first, and 22 third for Saquon Barkley. Saquon. Ooh, okay. whoa, T. Higgins. Oh, yep. man. <laughs> T. Higgins, a 22 first, and a 22 third. Wow. And I got a... And you're a rebuilder, so we're thinking this is probably closer to early first than late first. I I know we we don't like to play those games too much, but you should have an idea of your roster. Absolutely. Absolutely. You should, number one, definitely be conscious of the value, the the approximate value of your pick. First round, most important. Um, I actually made a, a very similar trade, but it was T. Higgins. A 21 first and a 21 second for Ezekiel Elliott this offseason. I received those picks. Ah, uh, I was going to say, there's no way you bought Zeke Elliott for that after we had that conversation. You no, know, I sent out Zeke and I was so thrilled with the package. I felt like I hit a home run. Uh, this was before Jamar Chase was drafted. Uh, and uh, that pick that I got for Zeke ended up being um, 101. <laughs> so just thinking about that, I think that completely flips the narrative. That is an early pick. That's, you know, that's going to be a building block of my roster for years to come. Um, and he Higgins, even though Jamar Chase is there, he's going to be the alpha. The offense is going to continue to improve. From what I saw on Sunday, it looks like it's going to be T. Higgins. It's going to be Jamar Chase. I think Tyler Boyd's going to be less involved in this offense. I think I'm going to take the package here. I'm not going to take the okay. um, So the next package I've got is Josh Jacobs, DJ Chark, and a 22 first. I'm I'm now realizing that Saquon Barkley is very expensive. <laughs> he I mean he is expensive. You you definitely have to find the owner that's uh you know drafted him or has you know has them as the RB one and like feels the need to play them. But right. uh, you know after week one you've got this uh, short turnaround on week two. Um, yeah, uh, it it's tough. That that's the type of owner you need to be attacking. Um, see if you can get some sort of discount on Saquon. Uh, so it seems like this is you're keeping the package again. This is also a no for me. I, especially if you're not a contender, I, I think Josh Jacobs' outlook 
outside of this year is better than it is for season long. So this year, um, this is still a first-round caliber running back. Despite the fact that he's got a deal with John Gruden, I mean, he's a great player. He's going to see a lot of volume. I mean, the fact that this deal is asking for an early first on top of Jacobs, too much. I mean, I'm not even thinking about DJ Park yet. He's, he's, a, he's a, a nice added bonus. I'll take the package. Okay. Um, so I've got two that seem a little bit similar here. Uh, I've got two 22 firsts for Saquon. Man. It is expensive. My goodness. Um, this is, I think this is like right the like right on the borderline. If I were to be able to get Saquon for a 22 second plus a ton, like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, 22 first plus like a couple seconds and, and, and maybe like, like, like a flyer, like I'd be fine with yeah. that extra first when you're trying to rebuild that. Yeah, I think I think it would depend on my roster here as well. Um, I mean, if Saquon's going to put you more into the middle of the pack, so that stops being that early first, um, I think I'm much more comfortable paying the two firsts. I, I think I think it's very very close for me. I think I'm a little bit higher on Saquon than you are. Um, right. And so, I, yeah, I think this is probably about. <laughs> where we would start to diverge. I think I would take it, and it sounds like you would, you're would. you trying to get it a little cheaper. I would love for it to be a little cheaper, um, but this would make me think long and hard. This would be an offer that would pop into my inbox and look at it and go, and then I would, I would chat with the person who sent it and see if we can move it any. Um, yeah. I think if I were to do floating offer five seconds, they know. Okay. And then last one I've got here is Javante Williams and a 22 first. I'm going to go no on this also. Okay. I value Javante to be a little bit greater than just a 22 first. I mean, given that you are rebuilding, and it could be an early one, I think, you know, you you just have to weigh your options there. But for me, it's also but it's very similar to the last one. Yep. So let's let the record show that uh, Billy is losing his Giants fandom. <laughs> uh, not not sticking with his boy Saquon, but uh, that's okay. So as a, a rebuilding target, we've also got Josh Jacobs here. Um, he is, uh, wh- what did you have him, an honorable mention potential RB1? I did. I think where he kind of fell was RB18. Yeah, and I, I know we've we've talked about his splits where uh, in those games where they're favored, he he's just a much more appealing option. Um, so I'm sure that that plays into it a little bit, where you can kind of he's one of those more predictable running backs that uh, you can figure out when he's going to have his good games. Agreed. Um, so I do have a few trades here for Josh Jacobs. Um, I've got one that is Josh Jacobs for a 23 first. Because I think for Jacob, that's kind of like right on the precipice of, I think it's the 22nd first for Jacob. So I'm looking to acquire him for a little cheaper. I might. So, and remember, this is 23 first, not a 22 first. So you do have an extra year to rebuild before. I think for Jacob, if this were an 
floating offer, I'd probably I'm gonna go no on this. Okay. We've got uh, so this one uh, is probably also going to be a no then because it's a, a 22 first and a 23 second. And uh, the the last one that we've got, um, let's see, we've got Deontay Johnson for Josh Jacobs straight up. That's fun um, because it kind of makes me think back to the Monty offer, right? Where I Monty. Versus Deontay, yeah. So it's just, do I have that same feeling about Jacobs versus Deontay? I don't, but I would still take Jacobs. Okay. That, and that Similarly, comes back to the uh, the running back scarcity. Right. It comes back to the running back scarcity, and I also think that in a rebuild, Jacobs is more valuable than Deontay. I want. Yeah. Yes, you want those those centerpiece wide receivers. But I think if I'm kind of targeting looking two years out, um, in two years, I'd rather have Jacob than Deontay. And I do want to point out to everyone, um, I, I think Josh Jacobs is one of those guys that everyone assumes is older than he is. Um, he was super young when he came out. What? Uh, um, so I believe he is now, find it, 23. Is that right? 23? Yeah, 23 and a half. He's a, he's a spring chicken. Yep. So, I mean, he's still got plenty of good years left. He's he's one of those running backs that even though he's uh, been in the league for a few years, he should definitely still have some good years left in him. Agreed. Let's do uh, one last rebuilding target. Um, let's see. Ronald Jones. Does that sound oh, good? That's, that's, a, that's a fun one. That's a hot topic. I would say Ro- Rojo all day. We got uh, kind of the... <laughs> The Leonard Fournette versus Rojo Tampa Bay backfield competition going on right now. Um, are you trading away Tyler Boyd for Ronald Jones? The heartbeat. Okay. Are you trading away a 22 second for Ronald Jones? Yeah. Are you trading away Gus Edwards, who's injured, and Zach Ertz for Ronald Jones? Yeah. And are you trading away? Michael Hardman and a 22 second for Ronald Jones. That's the most expensive package so far. Um, that one makes me think. Um, I'd probably hold on to the package. Okay. I, um, I, I would see what else I could get for Hardman. Um, especially as we talked about earlier, if he had some blow up week, you, know, you, you might be able to get some significant value for him. Um, but I mean, that just that just blows me away. Like that's that's really the trade market for Ronald Jones. Yeah. Yep. He's not expensive right now after he uh you know, they, they gave Leonard Fournette that starter treatment week one. Uh people are worried. You know how old he is? I don't. Let me pull up my spreadsheet. Uh twenty four years old. Yeah, so he's another one that's got uh plenty of years left. I mean, and he's what we've got Fournette that's uh, a free agent after next year, so theoretically he's going to have his the the Tampa Bay backfield to himself unless they add to it. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think Ronald Jones is one of those guys that you can go get cheaply, um, and as a you know as a rebuilder, it's not going to impact you too much if he doesn't have a good season. Like you just you keep your good draft slot. If he does, then you got a great deal on him. So. 
Uh, seems like a win-win proposition there. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that this turns into more of a you know 60-40 split in Ronald Jones's favor for the rushing work. Um, and yeah, there, there's going to be value in Tampa Bay's running backs. As much as they're very pass-heavy, they're going to be down in the red zone a lot. So with that, let's uh, go ahead and wrap up our running back episode. Uh, Billy, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it, it is always a pleasure, my, my man. Um, just always enlightening to hear what you have to say. Um, really always look forward to our, our conversations. It's uh, it's always fun to, to talk strategy with you. Absolutely. I'm sure there will be more. Uh, it's, just, uh, it's just a blast, and I really appreciate you having me on. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Running back Wrangler. That, that, that's never going to go away. That's. Uh, oh, I mean, you, you got to create a, a second Twitter handle now. Uh, <laughs> just go ahead and trademark that. I was just about to say, I'm going to go TM that. Um, we'll talk when I'm done TMing or running back Wrangler. All right, everybody. You heard it here first. The running back Wrangler. Um, go find him on Twitter. I'm sure that'll be up here in a few days. <laughs> Keep an eye out. No. Uh, remind the folks, Billy, where can they find you? I'm on Twitter. Uh, the handle is at WillTell39. Um, feel free to give me a follow. I'll follow back. Uh, just, you know, absolutely want to just support the community. Um, and seriously, thanks again for the listen. And thanks for having me, Will. Yeah, good absolutely. Time. Absolutely. It, it's always a good time with you. Um, so, again, you can find me, the Fantasy Philosopher, at FF Philosopher 6 on Twitter. Thanks for your time. And remember, always take the thoughtful approach.